Hey there, guys, and welcome to Good to Meet You. On today's episode, we'll talk about being you without getting stuck. It is a hard place to sit in the seat of the witness, and it takes a long, long time for people to get there. Some people may never get there, and it just is challenging. But you are you, and you are not yourself. You know, you're not, you're not your body, and you're not all these other things. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. You are you. You are the person who is experiencing it. And you may feel identified with the body that you have, but you're you. And that's great. That's an amazing place to start because it allows you to grow into a person and then become something else entirely. And um, Ram Dass calls it um, becoming nobody because at a certain point you stop being a person who's trying to change things and you become a, a being who is experiencing things. And I think that it's... Ram Dass uses books a lot. He uses... Um, the idea of reading a book and how when you're reading a book you forget you know a, a clock ticking on the wall and that is that focus that kind of disassociative process of forgetting that you're a body you know and you're not a body you're you're simply the inhabitant of the body this is a nice body i certainly like mine but if i didn't have the body, I would still be me, right? Would I? Those are the questions you ask yourself when you really deep into the practice. And if you're not there yet, that's okay too, because I think there, there's still things you can gain from this kind of conversation. And it's not, I'm not trying to be holier than thou. I'm not trying to be phony holy. I'm trying to illustrate the idea of this perception and the way that we perceive things is just, it's at a very physical level and solely on the physical level. We never really go beyond it. We just exist on this plane of consciousness. And then there's all these other planes that we never really get to. We never really conceive of them because we're just not aware and that's fine and i'm it's not a it's not downplaying people that don't get it because simply we just experience things in different ways we are at different points in our spiritual growth and our um conceptions of things and it's just we're gonna get there collectively as as a society as a you know, a species will get there, I think. And some people get there sooner. And that's fine, too. I, it's talking on the path of existence and um, certainly on the spiritual level. Getting caught in who you are as a person outwardly, it gets a little tricky because it's easy to say, oh, well, hi, I'm, I'm Zach. It's nice to meet you tell me about yourself. And you go into the whole thing. Well, oh, I like 
skiing and I don't like skiing, but oh, I like skiing and I I enjoy pickleball. A lot of people have liked pickleball recently. And oh, I I really, you know, I love my partner, you know. I love him, I love her. This is my deal. And then we kind of find ourselves in this um interesting space where we've described all these things that we experience but we haven't described ourselves. We've simply described what is happening to us. And isn't that an interesting place to start? We are regurgitating our life experience and simply not living in that way. We just, that's, we use, I don't know how to describe it. We work with being, but non-being is what we use. We certainly work on this plane of being, right? Because that's the act that we can perform right now in our existence. But we do not use being. We use non-being. We are not the being that is you could call it doing, you could call it perpetrating, but whatever it is, that's not you. That's not you at all. By the way, that's from the Tao Te Ching, if you were interested. The Tao Te Ching is a gorgeous book um, about, I don't know, it's I think it's like 80 passages, but it is always there. But how to come back from being somebody, which is it's a part of the process. You have to become somebody. And I am that person, right? I have become that person over the span of my life. I've become Zach. But who you are has very little to do with the things that you experience or you enjoy. Those are all cool things. And we always like to eat pie or make bread or listen to punk rock or whatever it is. But that is not you. And we look at each other in a way that says, well, I'm me. Are you you? And if you connect with that where you're like, well, we may be here, but we're not here. It's, what is uh, It's in the world, but not of the world. We are here, but we are something else. And that is fun. But ultimately, it's the clinging. The clinging to identity, to what you think might happen. It's the clinging to relying on that part of you that needs to be something. Because to become nothing is very scary. And this is what happens to people when they die. They are fearful that after this, there's nothing. Maybe my mom feels that way. Maybe you feel that way right now. And that can be really hard for people to understand and to grasp in a meaningful way. But someday you will die. And that's scary. And don't, don't be scared, really, about something that you can't control. It will happen to you someday. And that's fine. But let's go back to being us. 
okay? Let's go back to being us for a moment and recognize that we have a duty to um, awaken others, in a sense, right? By helping them comprehend the world, the universe, the existence that they currently uh, inhabit. We have to awaken each other. And we do that by giving each other the opportunity to connect on uh, a plane of awareness that is deeper than the physical plane. Because, again, who you are is not this body. You're, maybe it's a good body. That's fine. We can have a good body. You can work on your body. As a matter of fact, in, um, in Hindu religions, that are the Hindu religion, can we call it the... I think that there's a, a thousand gods, but there's only one religion, um, and they're all Christian anyway, so let's, for the sake of that. But in that religion, you know, you are bound to your duty and to your karma, and the process of awakening takes, um, takes eons, uh, what is it, kalpas, so, uh, and part of your karma is to... Uh, work on the physical plane in which you can interact and strengthen those your body for meditation and for the journey you know that you have to experience as you go on so while you're not doing the physical yoga all the time right it certainly plays a part in the whole thing so don't forget about that a culpa is a long time, by the way. Who who could even say what a culpa is? Um, but a culpa is a really long time, and we take a really long time to recognize um, the side of ourselves that's not the being that we suppose. And that's hard. It's hard to understand. But we are something other than this time and space you know the being that resides here currently um resides in the Tao, which is all things you know just like um uh in in hindu religion it's you know the idea is that krishna is all things he is the supreme absolute truth but he is all things including you you and everybody around you. And he's also the, I say he, right? Because he, let's just call it he, could be, I mean, not a he, I guess. Um, what do you call something that is both, I mean, it's both male and female. We're all both male and female, you know, on the deepest plane. We, it's kind of silly because we used to shame people, shame women specifically for being so intuitive, but the deepest part of our cognition is the intuition, and we use it effectively. I use it all the time. I think that intuitive things are the things that make the most sense. And I guess that's why I'm here, right? Because I've come to the realization that things are intuitive. And there was not one place that I felt it more than the last paragraph of Eckhart Tolle's introduction for The Power of Now, in which he states, Mostly, however, I have endeavored to use terminology that is as neutral as possible in order to reach a wide range of people. This book 
can be seen as a restatement for our time of that one timeless spiritual teaching, the essence of all religions. It is not derived from external sources, but from the one true source within, so it contains no theory or speculation. I speak from inner experience, and if at times I speak forcefully, it is to cut through heavy layers of mental resistance and to reach the place within you where you already know, just as I know, and where the truth is recognized when it is heard. There is a feeling of exaltation and heightened aliveness as something within you says, Yes, I know this to be true. And that is truth. There is a truth deep inside that resonates with you in which being present, being yourself, and not being drawn into the game of being somebody for society or for other people in your life, simply being you frees you from the burden of the stress. And that stress is caused by so many things, right? Suffering, the identity to prove something to somebody, to yourself and to other people that are in the world around you. I cannot state enough. And I highlight the heck out of books, by the way. And so I'm sure I could find five, six, 30 different quotes. Um, but ultimately, since I opened it up, we might as well. Eckhart Tolle, Power of Now. This is a great book. I read it last year. Um, and uh, here's one. If it is the quality of your consciousness at this moment that determines the future, then what is it that determines the quality of your consciousness? His answer, of course, was your degree of presence. So the only place where true change can occur and where the past can be dissolved is the now. If you are present, if you're present and you're involved in the future planning of your life, you can't escape the reality that the only thing that you can impact is the now. The now that you're experiencing is also the now that everyone experiences because nothing happens outside of right now. Now, it happened before, but you can't change before, and you also can't change later. But if you recognize your kind of divinity, it's almost like a superpower. It really does create a second, third, fourth, even fifth level of your comprehension of how you live your life. And it doesn't have anything to do with anybody else or anything else because it's you. You are the creator of your future, but you're also the creator of your present. And ultimately, the only person that has any impact on your life is you. You choose to suffer. You choose to cling. And you choose how you're living your life. And so... If you just let go of the person that you think you need to be for other people and see people in a way that opens their eyes, be that conduit, you know, it's, it's like being a conduit for other people to awaken because they're really, it's like, what would Jesus do, right? What would Jesus do isn't about what Jesus would do, but it's allowing you 
to channel what that God self that you have inside yourself. I'm not even a Jesus fan, okay? I was raised Catholic. I'm a weird kind of Buddhist, Taoist now. But Jesus got some good stuff, you know what I mean? And in Matthew 6.19, he says, Lay not up yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. That is simply put. Don't lay your values in materials. Lay your values in yourself. The treasure is in your heart. That's actually uh, 621. For where the treasure is, there will be your heart also. Isn't that something? Jesus dropping some biblical knowledge on us. But ultimately, you, in your heart, you know, it's uh, om mani padme om, or hum. Uh, it, it means in, uh, it's a Buddhist, an old Buddhist uh, saying, which means the jewel is in the heart of or the spiritual heart. And ultimately, that's all that matters to me. And that's, I mean, hopefully, even if you're not a Buddhist or, a, you know, a Christian or a Catholic or whatever, you can still see how those resonate within your lives. And if they're not fitting quite yet, recognize that maybe it's just not time. We haven't hit that precipice where, where you can reflect fully on it, but take the time, reflect on it, think about it, and think about how things like that affect your perceptions and how you might want to grow in the future. It's not too late to say to yourself that there is a future for you in which you can live in that headspace. There's plenty of time, and it's a good thing just to be, just to work through that. That is the work. And, you know, people people work through their entire lives just to get to that space where they can say, I'm happy to be me, or I'm happy to uh, resonate in the place that is me. And those are good spots. Those are good places to come from because then you're kind of letting go, dropping the walls of of self and becoming more connected to um, the things that are around you in a more effective way, in a serious way, because then we're not thinking about what tomorrow is or, you know, how you can get the big job or score that. Those are all fun pursuits, but don't forget who you are and don't forget what you can accomplish by working towards your spiritual liberation. I'm not I'm not converting you, but I am provoking you to just step away, recognize who you are as a person, you know, and I say person, I say soul, and I really really mean that you can get there, and I can get there, and we can get there together. We can share in that. And I think that that connecting at the spiritual level, at the soul level, is, is what's really going to break through. And um, connecting and touching people in that way is the ultimate goal. So 
I hope that you guys have enjoyed this talk. It has been a long one, uh, a lot longer than I thought it was going to go, but I appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to Good to Meet You. If you'd like to connect, of course, feel free to reach out on social media, uh, on Instagram, at Zach Castle, Z-A-C-C-A-S-S-E-L. And of course, feel free to email me, G-T-M-Y, good to meet you. So G-T-M-Y-Z-A-C at gmail.com. Thank you guys for the time and we'll talk to you on the next one.